We won't be here long. Just 70 weeks. We're going to look at Daniel's 70 weeks. Actually, we're just going to get started with it. We're not going to get too far into these uh, uh, 70 weeks. One of the great signs of Bible prophecy, if not one of the greatest, I think, is the nation of Israel. And uh, if you want to know what time it is on God's prophetic clock, just look at the nation of Israel. Israel has been called the key player of Bible prophecy. And that's what makes Daniel chapter 9 uh, one of the most important chapters, I think, of the book as well as the whole Bible. Now, we've already looked in our study of the book of Daniel. Parts of the book are historical. We've seen here that parts are prophetical. And when it comes to the uh, prophecies of the book, you can divide them into two distinct parts. There's a prophecy concerning the Gentile nations of the history of the history, and the prophecy concerning the nation of Israel. Now, you look at chapter 2, uh, chapters 2 and 7, they outline the prophetic program for the Gentiles. And chapter 9 outlines God's prophetic outline for the nation of Israel. Now, as we look here in verses 1 uh, through 19, uh, uh, we've, uh, we've looked at that already. It's been a couple of weeks now since we've been there, so it's easy to forget that. But uh, we did see there that we found Daniel... Uh, in his devotion time, in his quiet time with the Lord. Uh, He was reading from the prophet Jeremiah. And during the devotional time that Daniel had, he had a heavenly visitor. Look down in verse 20 and 21. It says, And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. Uh, Several things there we need to see, uh, and one of them we'll look at today. First of all, uh, we get into it, uh, we need to see, uh, to proceed, I think, with caution, Uh, The first thing we want to look at is the focus of Daniel's prayer, and we will see God's answer to that prayer, but we're going to focus uh, first on Daniel's prayer, and and we'll proceed there kind of with caution here. We're not just going to rush through this, uh, but uh, I hope we can understand this before we leave this portion of Scripture. Now, I realize, and most of you do as well know, that I'm not a fisherman, right? I knew I'd get at least one amen out of that. Uh, now, I don't mind eating your fish, Jerry, but uh, uh, I, I'm not a fisherman. I've been told, though, here's what I've been told. If you want to catch fish, you're going to have to be careful how you approach the stream, and you're going to have to be quiet. Uh, you can't be coming in there rattling your stuff and making all kinds of noise and... and uh, you got to be very careful, and I know there's probably not a lot of stream fishing going on around here. It's mostly lake fishing and so forth, but if you're stream fishing, 
you don't fish downstream. Uh, you're going to catch some fish out of this, but you're going to have to move real slowly. And uh, we, we don't want to, uh, in our study here, we're going to have to move a little slowly because we don't want to get ourselves all spooked, you know, and scared and, and uh, scare away the, the truth here and uh, get messed up. So we need to focus. But that's what uh, many people, I think, overlook. And as you see here, in uh, uh, Daniel, uh, he's being informed about some things. Uh, and it means in verse 22, he says, he, And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. So uh, simply informed means I'm going to give you some understanding about this, Daniel. Gabriel says, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. The prophecy that Gabriel gave Daniel, uh, understanding is referred to as the 70 weeks. Now you look down in verse 24, that's the first two words. 70 weeks are determined. Um, and uh, the word determined means decreed. In other words, this is God's decree and, and it's going to be explained what's going to happen. Now, we've seen much of prophecy of the book of Daniel has already been fulfilled. Uh, we would call it history. Uh, history is the testimony to the truthfulness of certain prophecies that were contained in the book. And just certain prophecies have been fulfilled, just as God declared. You can be certain that the prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled uh, will be fulfilled. Okay? That's the one thing you can count on about the Bible is if you find some prophecies that have been already fulfilled, you can say, well, that's, that's God's word, and he was, he was good to his word. And so there's some prophecies that are coming yet in the future. Well, they're going to happen too. Uh, what God decreed is determined. It will happen just as God said it would happen. The Bible is a book you can believe from kiver to kiver, as the old preacher said. Uh, and in verse 24, we're told that these 70 weeks involve the nation of Israel. Uh, Gabriel spoke of thy people. Uh, he, he's going to speak of thy holy city. Now, when he talks about the people, he's referring to thy people, Daniel's people, as the Jewish people. And the city is referred to the holy city, or Daniel's city, is the city of Jerusalem. And much of the prophecy of Daniel has been given concerning the Gentile nations, but in regard to the 70 weeks, Gabriel makes it clear this prophecy involves the nation of Israel. So in verse 24, he's explaining some goals that will be accomplished during this period of time. And we're going to just look at six purposes this afternoon, or if we can call them six goals of the 70 weeks. And the first goal is to finish the transgression. Now, it's, in, it's in extremely important to keep in mind that these six things have to do only with Daniel's people, the Jews. Uh, that the events will take place in the holy city, Jerusalem. And since these 70 weeks have to do with only the Jews in Jerusalem. We know that they do not concern the Gentiles or, or us. Now, to take the promises of God that he gave to Abraham and apply them to us as a church 
is nothing short of spiritual robbery. Okay? We don't take the things that apply to Israel and necessarily apply them to the church age or to us as a church. To spiritualize Israel and to teach that the church has taken the place of God's chosen people is to wrongly divide the word of truth. And there are people that will do that. They say, well, everything that's, that was given to the Israel is now given to us in the church age. No, that's not rightly dividing the word of truth. That's not, not to handling the word of God properly. And we do know that the Messiah, the Prince, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he, he, when he went to the cross, made an end of sin. Hebrews 10, verse 12, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. And we know that the Lord Jesus brought about reconciliation from iniquity. Find that in Romans 5. Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we, when we were his enemies, were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, the atonement and the reconciliation purchased by Jesus for the whole world. Not just for the Gentiles, not just for the Jews, but the whole world. And, and it was through his shed blood on the cross. That's not really what's in view here. When we talk about the end of the transgression, we're not talking about that. That's a wonderful truth, and we rejoice in that, and we're thankful for that. But that's not what's being talked about here. The transgression is called the transgression, which identifies it as a particular transgression. And this transgression re refers to Israel's rebellion and rejection of Christ as the Messiah. Now, to reject Christ is the transgression of all transgressions. To finish this particular transgression, though, is to complete or to find an end uh, to an end this transgression, and Israel had rejected Christ as the Messiah, but there will come a day when they will recognize and receive him as their Messiah. And to this very day and hour, the Jews are still cut off, and the wild olive branch is still grafted in. So the transgression of the Jew will not be finished until they, as a nation, repent and turn to God. And that's going to take place after the rapture at the end of the great tribulation. Uh, the end of the great tribulation period when Israel sees him whom they pierced and recognize him by the nail prints in his hands. If we just uh, go quickly to uh, Zechariah, it's not very far away. It's just down the block. Uh, Zechariah chapter 13 I think we can all get there. Zechariah 13 and verse 6. And one would say unto him, What are these wounds in thy hands? Then he shall answer, Those with 
which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried, and they shall call on my name, and I will hear them, and I will say, It is my people, and they shall say, The Lord is my God. There is coming a day when they're going to recognize the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah, and they're going to see the wounds in his hands. Now, the 11th chapter of Romans tells us very plainly that God has not cast his people away. Uh, Yes, they are cut off for a season, but the nation of Israel will be saved in a day, and God will fulfill them to them every word of the promises that he made to Abraham. And we need to always keep this in mind, that Israel is an earthly people with earthly blessings, while we in the church age are really a heavenly people with heavenly blessings. And uh, our citizenship was where? In heaven. We sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're strangers in this strange land. We're traveling to a city whose builder and maker is God. So uh, to finish the transgression, that refers to uh, the Jews. The second goal of the 70 weeks is to make an end of sins. Now again, here the statement has to do with the specific people of Israel at a very specific time. During this time, God will settle the sin problem once and for all, and sin is as common as the cold is in the world today, or maybe I should say as common as COVID. Uh, I don't know, but, but, uh, uh, but there will come a day when sin will be brought under control and will cease. And don't ask Dr. Fauci when that will be, because he doesn't know. Paul said in Romans eleven twenty six, And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written. There shall come out of the Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away godliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. Now, this will not take place until the Lord Jesus comes in the Revelation at the end of the Great Tribulation period. And so it doesn't refer to the rapture when we're going to be caught up uh, out of the earth to meet the Lord in the clouds of the air. The rapture takes place before the tribulation period, but in the revelation, Jesus will come and every eye shall see him and all the kindreds of earth will wail because of him and he will be then delivering Israel and make an end of sin. That's the second goal. Third purpose or goal is to make reconciliation for iniquity. Again, here we have We have transgressions, we have sins, now we have iniquity. And during this period of time, God will provide a reconciler to make reconciliation for sin. Of course, there is none other than the Lord Jesus who died on the cross to make reconciliation for sin. John declared when he saw the Lord Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. So that's a third purpose. A fourth purpose is to bring in everlasting righteousness. Uh, 
it's I don't know I didn't count the days uh, till Christmas but some of you might be already concerned about that about getting your shopping done or whatever but uh, you know when we think about Christmas many times we think about the night that Jesus was born and the heavenly host appeared in the sky and they were praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men all that that's that's that message we often think about and hear uh, during our Christmas seasons. But Isaiah tells us there will be a day when men will beat their swords into plowshares and they beat their spears into pruning hooks and will study war no more. Governments and kings and presidents have talked about peace and they plan to bring peace to the earth. Every president's going to bring peace, you know, and every, any, any time it's always being talked about. But in spite of their promises and their plans, evil men and seducers wax worse and worse, and the Holy Spirit uh, dictated that to Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13. And if the kings and the presidents and our Congress and the rulers of the world would study the Bible they would know that there can be no everlasting righteousness as long as the devil is loose on this earth. There can be no everlasting righteousness until King Jesus sits on the throne of David in Jerusalem when the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth. And then we will have peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And the men will beat their swords into plowshares and the spears and the pruning hooks and the wars. War will never be... Uh, uh, will forever be removed. It won't be mentioned anymore. But these will, things will not come until Jesus comes to reign on this earth and the Lord comes with his saints and the kingdom is set up on this earth. We will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and he will be their God and they will be his people. Again, in the, in the book of Jeremiah, you read in verse uh, chapter 31, verse 33, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it on their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. So that's a, a fourth goal of purpose of the 70 weeks. Now we're looking, number five is to seal up the vision and the prophecy. Uh, and uh, when I talk about uh, sealing up in verse 24, it says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression, that was number one, to make an end of sins, that's number two, to make reconciliation of iniquity, number uh, and to bring an everlasting righteousness, and number five, to seal up the vision and the prophecy. Now, the word seal there, seal up, means to, when you're finished with something, you seal it up, uh, and usually uh, you do something, whether you put it on the shelf, you know, if you if you got some, some cookies uh, that, uh, that mom just made, boys, you know, don't eat them all. Save some for later. But don't just leave them out in the open because they'll get uh, soggy and they won't taste as good. So you seal them up and you put them up on the shelf, right? 
Wait for later. You're through with it. You don't need it right now. Perhaps you don't need it. You don't need it in the first place. But uh, in other words, all prophecy is going to be fulfilled. It's going to be finished. And it's going to be sealed up and it's going to be put on the shelf. It won't be needed anymore. Uh, all prophecy will be sealed up. To seal means to close. And God will bring to completion his prophecies concerning the nation of Israel. Um, one of the things they did with the concrete out here that they poured this week is they finished it off by sealing it, okay? There was not going to be any more work on it. If you're going to be doing work on it, it's going to have to be torn out. We don't, we don't want that to happen. Not for at least 50 years. And then you and I won't have to worry about it. But you seal it up, that means you're finished with it. So that's a goal of the 70 weeks here. The last one is to anoint the most holy. Now this, uh, have with, some would say this would be the most holy place. It's not really a reference to Christ as the Hebrew expression is always used of places, not, not persons. When they use this expression, it's not referring to a person. Uh, some would think it was, but it's, it's reference to the millennial temple where Christ will rule and reign over the earth. And the world may mock and reject him now, but one day Christ will rule and reign over the earth from the most holy place. So we've come to the six purposes there and uh, the six goals. And after explaining the goals of the 70 weeks, Gabriel then is going to begin to explain these 70 weeks themselves. He explains to Daniel that these 70 weeks will be broken down into three periods of time. Look at verse 25. It says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build a Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks, and the street shall be built again in the wall, even in troublous times. So uh, he speaks of seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. And then in verse 27... Uh, he's going to mention one week. He's speaking of three distinct periods of time. There's one is seven weeks. Another period of time is three score and two weeks. And then there's a period of one week. And so when we, uh, we look at these 70 weeks, we want to understand here what we're talking about. Uh, each of these weeks refers to a year. One week equals a year. Okay. In the Bible uh, verses, when it talks about this, about says weeks, that's actually one week is a year. Seven weeks would be 49 years. Three score and two weeks would be 62 weeks or 434 years. I can still do math. And one week would be seven years. That's a total of 490 years. Now, you can double check my math if you want to, but... The 70 weeks is a prophecy that covers a period of 490 years. So that's just to explain here what we're talking about these seven weeks. Now, we're going to get into those uh, again, and we're not going to go real fast here because uh, we don't want to get uh, confused. We don't want to get uh, ahead of ourselves. And I'll give you another fishing illustration since I'm such a great fisherman. 
This is usually the kind of things that happens to me when I, if I, if and when I go fishing. Ever been fishing and you throw the, you cast your line out and it, the wind kind of catches it and what happens? It kind of, you know, uh, you, before you realize you what got what's called a backlash, right? Is that the correct term? Okay. Again, I'm giving you some of my greatest fishing expertise here. If you throw the uh, into the wind carelessly, it's going to backlash on you, and you're going to make a, a real mess. So what do you do? You have to be real careful. You know what you're doing when you throw into the wind. Understanding that, next time, the Lord willing, we will look at the 70 weeks and hopefully carefully look at the three periods of time that are involved here, and we don't get everything all tangled up, okay? Let's pray.